Good morning, church. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. And we, we really believe that when we come together, there is a power that is being poured out. There is a new strength. There is a new anointing that we need in our lives. So today we will continue from looking at, uh, looking forward, how we can find security in God. God promised to give us a pledge, to give us a surety, something that is sure. And that's what we are looking forward. And in this regard, we will see that what God has promised, it contained in what is called appointed time. Sometimes when we live in an age of instant gratification, to wait, to be patient, oh, that's so hard. But God has everything planned. And we have to learn to know the time of God, to know His timing. So let's open up again in Psalm 119. And I invite you all to stand up together with me. We will read from verse 121 until 128. So you can follow from the screen here. So Psalm 119, verse 121. I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail with longing for your salvation. And for your righteous word, deal with your servant according to your loving kindness and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for they have broken your law. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. Amen. Please be seated. So, last week we have seen how God has promised in verse 122. The psalmist is crying out, Lord, be surety for your servant for good. And this is in line with God when he said, All my words, all my promises, they are yes and amen. God doesn't go yes or no, yes or no. He's not like that. With God, all his words are yes and amen. But the only thing, there is a condition. All his promises are yes. If we stay in Him, if we obey. So the conditions have to be met. So here, when the psalmist say, Lord, be surety for your servant for good. And last week we have seen how this 
uh, Psalm is teaching us, you know, Psalm 119 is being uh, grouped by its letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, in one group is one letter. One group is one letter. And in this 121, it starts with the word ayin. That's one of the Hebrew letter. And here, the psalmist can cry out to God, Lord, please give me a pledge. I need something as a guarantee. I need something that can hold me up even through the storm. And the psalmist say, because he is God's servant. And we have seen that last week. How we need to be his servant to be able to experience God's promises. So today we will continue. After looking until verse 125, we will finish this portion of uh, Psalm 119 from verse 126 until 128. So the psalmist continue to cry out to God in 126. It is time, Lord. Lord, please act. Now we ask you, Lord, now is the time. Why? Because they have broken your law. So today we will look at these three verses and we will see how we can receive God's pledge. We can receive His promises. You know, God's promises are so abundant and so great and gracious. But many of us in our life, we do not experience the fullness of the promises of God in our lives. Now today we want to learn how we can have that flow of abundance happening in our lives. We will look at these three points. How to receive God's surety. Number one, it's in God's time. Number two, when we are loving God's word. And number three, honoring God's word. So let's see number one, God's time. This is in verse 126. It is time for the Lord to act. Why the psalmist, he said, Lord, now Lord, please Lord, now is the time. Because the psalmist is looking around the conditions surrounding the time where, when the psalmist is living. He says, the people have broken your law. And this is exactly when we read in Acts, when they imprisoned Peter for preaching the word of God. So the church, they are gathering together and while Peter is in the prison, the church gathered together to pray. So when they were praying, they say to the Lord, Lord, look at all these people. And they are quoting from Psalms. They say, the nations are enraged. They are 
devising, they are conspiring against you, Lord. Therefore, Lord, please stretch out your hand. And because of that prayer from the church, you know what happened? The angel of the Lord came to Peter in the prison. And the angel opening up the prison door, the four prison doors. You know, this is maximum security, four doors. And the angel told Peter, come on, Peter, get out. And he let Peter out. And Peter knocked on the house church where the people were gathering and praying. And they could not believe that what they are praying is being answered. Is that really Peter's voice? And they were thinking that Peter was still in the prison. But God is answering their prayers by sending an angel to bring Peter out. And Peter at that time was one of the leader, the main leader of the church. So even now when we see, when we being like a psalmist, Lord, they have broken your law. What do we see around us today? It's not only in one nation. Now we live in a global world. Everything is connected, right? Whatever happened long distance away, you can just access it right away. We live in such an age where technology is really advanced. But we also live in a time when people are saying, no, Lord, your law is old, is dated, is already, is not applicable for the modern world. They say, no, we don't want that kind of marriage, only one man and one woman. Well, it's, so they reject the law of God. That's one of the things. And plus, we can see that nowadays, people can openly worship demons. Right? We live in such a time that what the psalmists say, they have broken your law. The Bible is also, by some people, is being rewritten. They write again the Bible. They make adjustment to what they think is right. And it's happening right now. So they reject what God's law says. And if you see, the world has seen civilization very advanced, you know. You can see all the buildings in the Roman world, huge, magnificent. So that civilization is gone. You see the Greek, with all the knowledge, and that civilization was gone. It crumbled. So this is the time when we cannot say, oh, we are good. We never 
we never been defeated. We will advance. But when we advance against God's law, it's a dangerous time. We need to be a people of God's law. And Ephesians 5, 15, 17 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most or redeem your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If we can say that we are, uh, when the Bible says, redeem your time. So we are running, running to redeem the time. Running against the time that is keep going on and on. And the Bible says, be careful how you walk. Because wealth can be gained, but wisdom is only found in God's word. You know, when you parents, you are trying to be successful, you have a lot of wealth. But when you don't give wisdom to your kids, that great wealth can just be gone. There was a, a child of a very wealthy family. But do you know what the child does? This child is, quote-unquote, stealing the money from the parents through online. And the parents didn't know it. You can give inheritance such a big money but if you do not give wisdom to your child that money will only last for a short time so god is talking about being wise in our walk being wise in our walk is how by knowing understand the time Understand that the days are evil. When we know that these days are evil, then we need to redeem. What does it mean to redeem? To redeem, that means you buy back. Whatever time we have lost, God in His grace, in His power, He can make you redeem. You can take it back. Your time. How? For example, in human ways, maybe you need 10 years to fix a problem, maybe in your company. But when you come back to the Lord, Lord, please help me. I need you to intervene. What happened? The time lost in 10 years. God can redeem Maybe in one year, by God's grace, all the problems can be fixed. That's how God works. That's how God can redeem your and my time. But we have to come to the Lord. We have to just calling on the Lord. 
asking him to intervene, asking him to help us. And then in verse 17, understand what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will for my life? Jesus said, go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Tell them to obey my commands. So God is telling us everywhere we go, we share about what God has done in our lives. We share until another person is becoming a disciple of Jesus. And what does God also says in Matthew 10? You go, pray for the sick, heal them, raise the dead. So wherever you go, you go to your office, you go to your school, we should be armed with the mind that wherever God is sending us, God wants us to touch people. You touch people with the love of God, not only with human kindness. That's what the world does. But God wants to touch with His love. Because only His love is able to transform a person. So understand what the will of the Lord is. And understand the will of the Lord also including knowing the time of God's timetable. God is saying six days God is working. Seven days He will give a rest. Six days God is giving to man to work. And on the seventh we enter into the rest. So the seventh day, it also means the seven thousand years. That means one thousand reign of Christ in peace. And we are nearing the end of the six days. So when we understand where we are in God's timetable. How do we understand? Number one, God says, look at the fig tree. What is the fig tree? The fig tree is Israel. Israel is God's timetable. You know Israel, there was no nation before the year 1948. No Israel. And now we see, even they have pictures from before, you know, year 48, the nation of Israel was founded. Until now, we see that this nation has flourished. The language, the Hebrew language, now has become national language. And God says, you look at the fig tree. When the fig tree already sprouted, that means summer is near. The coming of the Lord is near. So we need to be watchful and look at God's timing. That when God comes, He will make sure all His promises, all His word will 
come to pass. Even as now we see the nations already aligning according to the biblical prophecy. The nations with that we never known before to be aligned, now they are in line. So this is the time. And it's time for us, God says, it's time to awake from your sleep. When God is coming soon, we need to be awake, not sleeping. How to be awake? God says, can you not watch with me for one hour? How? By prayer. God is explaining how we can be alert, we can be watchful by prayer. So when we know the time, we are expecting all his promises to be fulfilled. And number two, in verse 127, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. When you read the word commandments, what, is, what does it mean? It means a command. Command means something to be carried out. Something to be obeyed. And the psalmist say, I love. You know, nobody wants to be commanded around, right? You do this, you do that, you do this. No, I want to rest. But the psalmist say, his view of God's commandments is, I love your commandments. Whatever you tell me to do, Lord, I love it. Oh, that is so against our nature, right? Our flesh, human nature, we don't want, we don't like. But if we want to be secured in God's promise, we need to love God's commandment. Even from Moses, when you read Moses, with all the commandments that God gave through him, Moses said, you need to cling. You need to cling just like a glue. You cling to the Lord your God. You need to love the Lord your God. So Moses understands that the heart of God's commandments is love. We cannot miss the commandments and love as two separate things. It's not two separate things. God's commandments is also His love is the same. In Psalm 91, can I? Yes. Psalm 91, verse 14 until 16. You remember this psalm. This is a great psalm. This is a wonderful psalm because it has a promise. And many people like to pray Psalm 91. Because in this psalm, God says, you will be protected from all the diseases, all the plague that strike the people, and people on your left, on your right, 
They may die because of the plague, but you are safe. Wow, that's a wonderful promise. But here, let's read in verse 14 until 16 that all these promises has condition. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So all the promises that God put in Psalm 91, we find in verse 14 is the reason. Because. So all this deliverance, God will save, God will protect, is because. Because this one loved me, says God. Because that one knows my name. That's why I will protect him. You know, one of the person who, who was called by someone who is honored by God is Daniel. He was loved by God. And because he loved God, when people say, Daniel, you should not pray. And because of his love, I cannot, but I have to pray. And he continued to pray. When people say, stop praying, Daniel faithfully looking for God, seeking him. And God put a tape over the lion's mouth. They put Daniel in the lion's den and they don't want to eat. Because he loves me. Because he knows my name. So loving God is number one that we need to seek after. We need to pursue. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8. This is the importance of loving the truth. Loving God means loving the truth. Let me read quickly. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth. So remember, God is sovereign. Even his breath God doesn't need to wage war. He just blew. And that lawless one, Antichrist, will come to an end. And bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan. With all power and signs and false wonders. And with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. Because... They did not receive the love of the truth or because they do not love the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence or a strong delusion, strong error 
so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. So we are coming into a time in the end time, the Bible say that the Antichrist will come with signs and wonders, with works of power. And when people see works of power, they will be like, wow, this must be the true one. But God is warning us already. That's going to be a deception. There will be a strong delusion. A strong error, a strong deception. We have seen now the emerging AI, but we will see more deception. The Bible already told us and how to be safe, how to be protected. You know, people being deceived is very hard. Deception is like you have a glasses. You cannot see. That's being decept deceptive, you know. You cannot see the truth. And to be set free from these glasses, that is not right. The point is to love the truth. We have to love God's word. We have to love him. And number three, verse 128, it says, Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. It's not only loving. We can love, but we do not honor. Maybe husbands here. That's why God put us in marriage to understand. You know, God says, wives, submit to your husband. Honor your husband. And husband, love your wives. Love and honor. Sometimes even me. I think that I'm loving, but actually it's not honoring. You know, loving and honoring is different. Okay, you can talk later, husband and wife. How God says this too is, this is the only thing that will make marriage work. Husband love, wives honor. And God says we need to honor God's word. I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. Everything. God's word is not only for our spiritual God's word is for everything. People can find, they learn about how the Bible say about, you know, living healthy. God's word is right about everything. And in Proverbs 8 verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. When someone does not hate evil, that means we lack the fear of the Lord. Maybe we fear men. We fear people. We fear the masses more than we fear God. 
maybe we fear losing our friends more than we fear God. When I know something is not right and I just keep quiet, well, maybe I'm afraid if I say something. But what about God? Are you afraid of God? You know, the fear of God is not only afraid, but it's honor. Because who God is, if he is a great king and I treat him as a servant, that's not right, right? If I treat a king as someone who is a low person, that is very wrong. So that's fear of the Lord is honoring who he is. When God says, I am holy. And we keep putting God all this filth of our sins. We treat him not as who he is. When he say, I should be treated as holy. And it continues, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. When we fear the Lord. We cannot love evil. God knows your heart. Do you really love the truth? God knows your heart. Loving the truth means we have to deal with our own desires first. The desires in us that is not Holy to God. When we love the truth, we say, Lord, please help me. I don't want to do this. Lord, help me. And God knows your cry. He will give you the grace. And in Psalm 119, this is two examples how the psalmist is honoring God's word. It says, they almost destroyed me on earth. But as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. Verse 95, the wicked wait for me to destroy me. I will diligently consider your testimonies. And there are many more verses like this. What does it say? The psalmist is in a bad, bad, bad situation. People are destroying him. And people are plotting against him to destroy. But, but, he is not worried. He doesn't complain about it. He doesn't say to God, God, why this thing happened to me? Instead of focusing on his problem, focusing on the conditions, he focused, but I will diligently consider your testimony. And this is being repeated again and again. Even though my circumstances is bad, I will seek your word. Oh, so this is the key. How we can win. How we can overcome our situation. Is by putting God's word above. Above. 
the storms in our life. And this is, I believe, church, this is God's heart. When you know that God's word is powerful to calm your storm, when you know to hold on to one thing, God's word, when you know this thing, this one thing only, God's word above every circumstances, you will be saved. You will receive the guarantee of God. It's just a matter of time. In God's time, not in your time. There was a, a, a wife, a lady, that was being left by the husband because the husband was going with another women, you know. And the wife refused to let go of her faith. She holds on to God's word, to God's promise for her family. You know what happened? She keep praying and all the children say, Mama, you just wasting your time. Why you are waiting for this? You know, just let him go. But the mother say, no. She is holding on to God's promise. You know what happened? After five years of praying, holding to her faith, out of nowhere, she did not know where the husband was. She was like, he was gone, you know. No connection. Out of nowhere, five years gone. Suddenly, the husband came back to the house. God honors people who honor his promise. Maybe you don't see the fulfillment of your promise here. Just like Abraham, he never see the promise fulfilled in him. God says, your descendants will be like the stars on the sky. Abraham said, huh? I only have one son. But Abraham honors. That's why he waited 25 years. If not honoring the one who gave the promise, who want to wait for 25 years? Because he honored the promise giver. He waited. And the last one. Paul said in his last message to the elders in Ephesians, he said, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose, the whole counsel of God. When you honor God's word, you do not treat it, oh, I just want this, I want that. I don't want that one. Paul said, I declare to you everything. The whole counsel of God. So we cannot just say, okay, Lord, I want the blessing. But when God said, you have to forgive, you have to love your enemies. Oh, not this one. 
you have to forgive seven times, seventy times. No way. Five times is enough. No more. Do we receive, do we honor the whole counsel of God? And when you receive the whole counsel of God, God is faithful. Even though you are weak, we are weak sometimes when we say, Lord, help me. I want to honor, I want to love you. Refresh, give me a new fire of love for your word. Amen. Let me invite the musicians to come forward. And I just want this time for us to, every one of us personally, we just come before the Lord. And I invite you to stand up together with me.